The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial M- arts. M- yeah. Sarah, sing, sing, Sarah. La la. Oh, oh. Let the singing in the MMA chants commence, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a lot of it tomorrow. The UFC and Bellator both have events with a lot of fights on both cards. Luckily, the Bellator card lost a couple today. So we have 26 total fights to look forward to tomorrow. We have UFC Vegas 37. That's where 14 of these fights are going to happen. That one's headlined by Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann, while Bellator returns to San Jose, their home base for Bellator 266, headlined by another light heavyweight bout between former champ Phil Davis, welcoming the soldier of God, Yoel Romero, to the Bellator cage. We welcome you to our live preview show, getting you ready for this double header of events. I am Mike Heck, and we have a full crew here. First off, we have Mr. Alexander K. Lee, who loves, and I mean loves, a good eight-fight main card as much as the next Ooh. person. Do you not? It's, I believe it's only six fights, but uh, I wish it was eight, Mike. I mean, in a perfect world, it would be eight. And let me just say, I am so happy that I am the only, uh, you know, beloved Canadian that you guys have on these shows. It really means a lot to me uh, that you never have any other Canadians on here. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just excited. Let's, let's keep it that way forever. Right, guys? One Canadian. I like it. Yep. Only one Canadian. Thank goodness. It is six. It was eight yesterday i don't know what it was going on and then they changed it around because we lost one of the fights but it was a yesterday and i was like ak is loving this right now we got e casey lyden on the ones and twos the baddest sash in the media space good day to you mr casey lyden how are you doing wonderful doing wonderful it's it's great having one canadian on the show it's just great one canadian Canadian. it's yeah it's great it's great there's no one else here right no one else is on the show correct actually there there is because what 
This could be by awkward. popular demand. Back on la, the la, fighting la. breakdown oh. circuit. One of the best 135 pounders in the world. One of the best singers what? in the world. Not just well. in fighting, but in general. <laughs> and I still don't understand why her phone hasn't been ringing. Not just for the fight world, but maybe to get on American Idol or something. But that's good news for us because Sarah Kaufman <laughs> joins us to talk some Saturday face punching. Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. You guys, you guys doing well? I think we're doing well. We get a we lot of now. Yes, we're doing much better now that you are here to keep us all in line. But yeah. we have a lot to we have a Whoa, lot to discuss. Wait, 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 before we start, can, can, I thought I th- I didn't know guns were a thing in Canada because apparently Sarah Kaufman. Can, can I see <laughs> oh. your guns? Double barreled. Ooh. Good grief. You know I work out. Yeah. Work. Here and there. Western Western Canada is a lawless land. Honestly, <laughs> it's a lawless land. It's, I don't know what's going on out there. Neither do well, we. my friends, we we have a lot to discuss. We have a lot of uh, a lot of MMA action to look forward to, and we're going to start with the UFC, and we're going to start with our special guest, Sarah Coppin, because Sarah Anthony Smith is back in action tomorrow. He takes on Ryan Spann in the main event of UFC Vegas 37. Lionheart has made the, this walk 51 times already throughout his professional career. Very few in the sport have experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, quite like Anthony Smith. That's a man who's seen it all. Ryan Spann set to make his seventh UFC appearance, first main event, both guys coming off of impressive finishes. What sticks out to you in this main event tomorrow between Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann? Yeah, I mean, I think that those two losses for Smith, like like kind of the two bad ones where, um, you know, everyone kind of saw it, like he's handing his tooth to someone else saying, like, look at my tooth. Um to have come back from that and had those, these past two with Devin Clark and Jimmy Crute, um, I mean, the, the, that leg kick was, like, super kind of crazy in how the finish went, and he just stayed calm and he stayed with it and um, was able to to capitalize on that and then get the finish at the end of that first round. I hope that we see that kind of calm, collected, focused uh, Smith again. Because um, Ryan Spann, when he comes in, he, he definitely – that extra length that he has, he has so much power, but I think that he overcommits sometimes. Um, I could see, even though I would say that Span is the advantage in the wrestling, I could see uh, Smith trying to get this fight to the ground uh, and get a finish with his submission. Okay, Span, I mean, look, he seems like the the up-and-comer against the Wiley vet, but Span's been around for a while. He's 30s, had 25 pro fights, trains at Fortis MMA, one of the best gyms in the world, and the UFC obviously sees something in him to give him a headline spot here. It's experience versus the hungry up-and-comer looking to take that next step in the UFC's light heavyweight division. So I'm curious, like, in your eyes, how much does Smith ex- Smith's overall experience matter in a matchup like this? I think it matters a lot, but I am I am favoring him. Uh, I, I do like his skill set, uh, but it certainly matters a lot. Like I, I've gotten into the bad habit of picking against Anthony Smith. Uh, I don't know if we're, I'm just starting to take him for granted. He's obviously still a, a experienced, a skilled fighter, really tough. Um, I think Jimmy Crute would have beaten him. It was a competitive fight up until the uh, you know the the unfortunate injury happened to Jimmy Crute. I still think Crute would have pulled that one out, but uh, but clearly, I mean, it, it didn't look like oh he's well he's blowing Anthony Smith out, and if that that injury hadn't happened, he he obviously would have won. And that was a competitive fight. Uh, Devin Clark, you know, another first round submission win for Anthony Smith. So he's almost like in that 
Derek Brunson-y mold, except for the fact that he, he got a title shot, where he's losing, you know, to other contenders and top guys, Alexander Rakic, uh, Glover, and of course, at John Jones. But other people have not kind of managed to take his spot. So he has this, so from a mental aspect, he kind of knows, like, I, I'm still this top 10 guy. I'm still this elite guy. He doesn't see guys like uh, Ryan Spann as, uh, I mean, he certainly sees them as threats. He certainly takes him seriously, but um, I don't think there's any part of him that's intimidated. He's said as much in kind of interviews recently that uh, Ryan's sort of over-the-top kind of proclamations and, and uh, how he built up the fight were just like confusing to him. He's just like, I don't know why this guy's coming at me so hard like this. It's not going to work on me. I've been in uh, over 50 fights. Um, but uh, the experience matters a lot. I mean, for me, that is that is Smith's greatest gift. I think uh, as skilled as he is, I do think that's what could make the difference if he wins, the way I'm leaning as I said, more in, in Span's direction. But yeah, you definitely just can't, can't discount a guy who has been in incredibly tough battles with better competition than uh, Ryan Span has faced so far. Casey, right now, according to our friends at DK Nation, Anthony Smith is a minus 170 favorite. The comeback on Ryan Span is plus 150. And in my eyes, I think, personally, this fight is properly lined right now. What say you and your thoughts on the fight itself? Well, um, it's the second best um, light heavyweight fight of the weekend. So we'll, let's talk about that. <laughs> I know we'll talk about the other one later, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, Ryan Span hasn't. Oh, by the <laughs> that little thing that that's a that's a that's a little headstand for yoga. It looks like a toilet. I just realized that <laughs> it looks like a little porta potty. <laughs> that's all that is. <laughs> we'll do hands. No, we do yoga. Do handstands. It's good for the core. But um. <laughs> uh, I lost track. I just saw my blurry toilet in the background. You said uh, it was the best light heavyweight fight. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, Thank you, Sarah Kaufman, Canadian. professional. That's why we have two of them, two Canadians on. Um, Anthony Smith, I mean, he's clearly an elite to a fiver. Um, and he just loses to better fighters. I thought, you know, him losing the Glover, him losing the Rackage, I just think those guys are just better light heavyweights. And he beats the and Anthony Anthony Smith beats the ones that he's better than. I guess this for the, for the UFC and for us, it's, it's just trying to figure out where Ryan Spann is, um, who he is in his career. Is he just kind of a an exciting you know mid carder, or is he an elite two fiver? I don't I don't believe he's an elite two fiver, but hopefully he can maybe prove me wrong tomorrow night. Um, I kind I I kind of agree with whatever um, everything that Anthony Smith said about Ryan Spann. Like there's nothing that he brings in there that Anthony Smith hasn't seen. And um, unless Ryan Spann kind of – unless he's really increased his skill level recently, I, I just think this is Anthony Smith's fight to win. And uh, Although I do like I, – I do agree with the line. I think I mean, I just just of the explosiveness of both, of both fighters and Ryan Spann's ability to just kind of finish the fight quickly. But um, Anthony Smith, he's a hard – he's a hard fighter to put out. Um, I mean – it was like he, 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 all his losses were decisions, right? It was recent losses, Jones, Rakic, and everyone. Those were all decisions. Uh, Glover, Glover finished in the fifth. They went to the fifth. Oh, went to the fifth. Oh, yeah, that was the fight where okay. he broke it. But even that, I mean, like, you, Glover's fighting for the freaking title shot. Do we think, um, are we going to find out if Ryan Spann's that good? Is he, is he a potential title contender? I don't know. I don't think he is, but I love being proven wrong. Well, let's get to official predictions. Sarah, you're going with Anthony Smith here? I think Smith. AK. Yeah, I'm going Ben. I think I think uh, he's. I think Smith is 
he can definitely take a hit. We know this. Like we said, we even mentioned the Glover to Sheriff fight where it was so one-sided, uncomfortable at times. But I mean, I guess he was tough enough to stay in there. You know, it, it wasn't he he certainly wasn't going to bow out. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion was whether his corner should throw in the towel, but that's a whole other thing. So he's tough, man. But I think Span, his game is again, right now it's pretty simple. It's still developing, but I think what he does, he does really well. And I do love that he's with such a strong camp and I feel like is, you know, only starting to peak. I don't even think we've seen close to the best of him. So I guess it depends whether you feel like, you know, he's he's going to start reaching that potential uh, soon or if it's it's still not going to happen uh, and he needs to face, again, kind of lo- lesser competition than Anthony Smith. I think he's ready. Um, so I see him picking up a finish. Not a quick one, though. I actually think he's going to show um, some maturity and it's going to go third or fourth round and uh, we'll have a, a Ryan Spann knockout in one of those frames. Ooh. Ooh. Casey, you're on team Lionheart. Right? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm... I, I go. I go with experience. I go with the, uh, him just being a better, him having more high level experience. Um, I just can't get out of my head that um, Span had a split decision with Sam Alvey just less than a year ago. So, and, um, and Sam me, Alvey's tricky. He messes with a lot well, of people. Well, clearly he's tricky because he's still in the <laughs> UFC after like thirty losses in a row. So he's doing something right. So uh, I can name one fighter who I think deserves uh, more in the UFC than not to take any shots, Sam Alvey. I'm just saying there's one yeah. fighter who I can think of. Who's had a lot of who has a lot of success and a lot of different promotions? Who should be in the UFC instead but, uh, of Sam Alvey? With apologies <laughs> to Sam Alvey. This isn't meant to be the Sam. <laughs> I feel like we're shitting on Sam Alvey now. <laughs> but um, in case the video's not working right now, yeah. <laughs> in case the video's not working right now, we're all pointing at Sarah Kaufman. I just want that to be clear. Okay. Um, now I'm 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 very high on Anthony Smith uh, in this matchup, and um, but if Ryan, like you said, if Ryan Span, he's gonna have to show something that I think we haven't seen yet. Um, because I still think Anthony Smith is in, I don't know if in his prime, but he's still, he's still an elite top five light heavyweight in the UFC. And um, yeah, that's, so picking Anthony Smith, um, pretty, um, pretty, I think it's going to be, uh, oh, it's a small cage, five rounds. Um, let's go fourth round submission, Anthony Smith. Mm. Yeah, I, I, Anthony's as tough and as, as durable as they come. He's been in there with heavy hitters. He's proven that durability throughout his career, sometimes too much, mm-hmm. i.e. the Glover Teixeira fight. But I just think he's the more well-rounded fighter here. I think if he can avoid getting colded in the first eight, nine minutes of the fight, I think Smith will be able to take control. He'll start to wear Span out, frustrate him. And uh, I, too, think he gets a submission, but I think he gets it around earlier than Casey does. I think he gets it in the third round. So we'll see what happens. That's why, that's I why we have fight. I think round three. Sarah, do you AKA think what do, what do you think of the, the small cage? Do you think the small cage benefits any fighter in particular, or is this just going to be the small cage just makes the action better? What do you think? Yeah, I think the small cage is a big factor specifically for smaller fighters, um, like the lighter weight classes, the shorter fighters. Um, for the larger fighters, and these guys are both so tall, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to favor more clinch work, more wrestling, more takedowns because they don't have the space to move. Um, whereas I think for lighter weight classes, shorter fighters, it favors more knockouts and finishes because people can't just run away and you, it's, it's harder to cut off the cage. So with these guys being so tall, I think we're going to see more of that distance being closed. Uh, not that I think either one wants to keep like a long jab, a long range. I think that it's going to be fought in close. Um, and I think this plays into Anthony Smith um, being able to kind of get the control that he wants and not 
not kind of get outstruck from the outside uh, and be able to see those like big shots and the faster strikes coming in because there's not as much distance that needs to be covered. Sarah, was the Invicta cage, how does the, how did the UFC cage compare to like Invicta and Strike Force? The Strike Force cage always seemed huge to me. I don't know if it was just a different shape, so maybe it looked bigger. Um, and then Invicta, was Invicta the same size, similar to the UFC, or are we talking all kinds of different sizes here? Did you even notice when you were in there? Uh, I don't know that I noticed in particular. The UFC, like the 30 foot cage, is huge. Like that cage, the big cage, is just a very vast expanse of cage. It's just, you're like a whole arena away from someone else. Um, and it is harder to cut off that cage a little bit more. Um, but I say any, any that are in like the 22 to 28, just, you know, that's kind of, I don't, I don't think that I notice the distance. Um, I'm definitely more of a pressure fighter. So I'm always feeling like people are running away and not wanting to engage and I have to cut them off. Um, so because I don't use the expanse to try and get that distance, I would say that I don't notice it as much, um, as an advantage for me, but I do think that like the 30 foot is a very noticeably larger space than a 25. Mm-hmm. Um, Invictus may be a bit smaller than that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but for me it was appropriate, but I would say for heavyweights in a smaller cage or light heavyweights that are like six foot five, six foot six, it does make a difference yeah. um, how the action is played out. Yeah. That was the main event. Uh, AK, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back to you here because this is one of, this is, yes, I I think you probably know where I'm going with this. Uh, This is one of those cards with a lot of fights. We had 15 fights as of this time yesterday. We lost Nicholas Mata versus Cameron Van Camp. That was canceled due to an injury. Of course, Van Camp is going to make his UFC debut, uh, replacing Jim Miller, who was forced to withdraw due to testing positive for COVID-19. But there are some competitive matchups, and there's some exciting up-and-coming names on this card as well. So what fight, fighter, or storyline do you have circled outside of the main event? And I think after one of the uh, specific face-offs today, after the weigh-ins, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I know your answer. Go ahead. Listen. I have been loath to refer to the uh, Yuan Kitalaba and Clark fight as a co-main event. You know what I mean? I, I think we've sort of had a discussion before. Like, not every fight that is second to last is, like, officially a co-main event, no matter what a promotion, like, may choose to dub it. So I was like, I guess Kuchalaba clark I feel like it's just kind of there as the second-last fight. After seeing their face-off, this is my main event now. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Kaufman, did you see this thing? Did you see this face-off between Kuchalaba and Clark? I didn't see the face-off. I okay. was getting swole. Okay. <laughs> Casey, if you could somehow – that's okay. You were getting swole. I was getting fat watching this face-off. Uh, Casey, if you could send her the link or something quickly. Uh, I will describe it, though. I'm watching it now myself. So as we know, uh, Kuchalaba, he's pretty wild when he gets into face-offs. You know there's going to be something crazy. This was like four different crazy things happen. So Kuchalaba first starts off doing like a salt bay – thing directed at Clark, kind of like I'm salting him, I'm seasoning him for Saturday's fight, which that's kind of cool. I'm like, okay. Uh, Clark's not playing along. He's got like his hand out. He's almost like trying to force push him away. Uh, and poor Sean Shelby's in there. Like he wants to separate them, but he also is like, oh, this is kind of a fun face-off. I don't want to overreact. So then uh, Qtalaba screams, which is fine. They both flex, not at the same time. They're not in sync at all. Kutalaba goes in to, I think, confront him again. Clark has his hand out, but with his other hand, also kind of accidentally gently caresses uh, Kutalaba's other hand. It's Mm. insanely awkward. Uh, Shelby again goes in to separate. 
Clark just keeps the shaking hand, the offered handout extended for what feels like 30 seconds in what is actually like a clip that in its total is less than 30 seconds long. Kutalava finally relents and gives him an over-enthusiastic, like to compensate for it, hand slap into a, you know, into a transition into a, you know, hand clutch thing, like a, like a predator, uh, uh, you son of, you know, you son of a bee, uh, CAA got you pushing too many pencils thing. And then, uh, and then it's just super awkward. And then they still, like, they don't know how to separate because then, and then Clark wants to kind of go in for a hug and then Shelby has to separate no, them again. No, Kutalava wants to go in for the hug. Okay, cute Lava suddenly wants to go in for, he went, for a hug. And then Clark Clark is into it. And then secu- the guys, the security the security's kind of freaking out because they're like, yeah. wait, do these guys want to hug or they want to fight? They can't tell. Yeah, we don't want a close Steven situation here, right? So, you know, plus, plus, you know, they're supposed to be distancing. I like this, and- I like this hand. I just watched it. The hand, okay. the spider. What was that, a spider hand? Or was <laughs> no, he's doing the salt play. He's salting him. He's seasoning him. <laughs> Oh, it's oh. Saturday. I'm going to have you for dinner, pal. <laughs> we thought he was a spider. Like, yeah. like it's a yeah. spider. Maybe, maybe it was that too. I heard you're, I heard you're arachnophobic. Oh, don't watch out for the spider. Um, so I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, for anyone, the clip is up for my, if that, if that description confused people, the clip is all over the UFC socials. It's very short, though it feels like it lasts like 10 minutes long. Uh, it's magnificent. And I cannot wait to see this fight because it's just so awkward. And the kind of moment you, you can't manufacture. It's like, you need a guy like Kuchalaba. You need a guy like Devin Clark and, and Sean Shelby in there uh, to make this magic happen. So that was wonderful. And props to Devin like Clark's a- mustache. Looks right. great. Just want to say. I was say, I feel like your description of this video like really sold it to me. That when I then just watched it, uh-huh. I like was looking for like the hand <laughs> caress and the. And it's there. The, I mean, that's a solid description. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sarah. Yes, I've watched it many times. <laughs> I watched it many times. It's about four face-offs in one. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I felt where both guys are coming from because being in Florida last week, covering that Triller event and doing all those interviews, I guessed wrong on the ending exchange every time, <laughs> except for maybe one. Like, do we fist pound? Do we handshake? And I, outside of Junior Dos Santos, which I think was my final interview at ATT, I guessed all wrong. When I thought it was a fist bump, it was a handshake. When I thought it was a handshake, it was a fist bump. I guess wrong every freaking time. It was crazy. So I understood kind of where both guys are coming from. Like, I, I you feel your awkwardness, ju- bros. You should just lead with the dap, right? Lead with the dap, and then as they, oh, they're shaking, oh. then open the hand, right? It's, I mean, it's hard. It's happened so quickly, but. I did that with Marlon Marais, and he just handfully extended, would not. Okay. Would not uh, let up from that, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, okay. let's let transition to the handshake." So, so that's your fight. I just do that's this the- one, <laughs> and then I just go like this, and then I just high five their hand because I don't like doing oh, yeah. the knuckles. So this is always a good start because then you can <laughs> give them a, you know, uh, yeah. See. Do you ever just that's grab? Do you ever just grab the fist and just shake the fist like that when they just <laughs> you shake like, the fist? I I, I just yeah. I just, mean, Turn it like a doorknob. I, I, I feel like I've done this before. I'm like, all right, we're handshaking now. You know? Technically, yes. Yeah. You should try oh, just grabbing grabbing the hand, uh, their fist with both hands and no shake. Just hold on to it. Just, and just see and how just they look react. look at it lovingly? No, look them in the eyes. Just look them right, like, right in the <laughs> okay. eyes. Then see they're scared of spiders. <laughs> and then give them the spider. <laughs> <laughs> We're going off the rails already. Oh, sorry. What was beautiful? 
So, so AK is going with co-main event. Is <laughs> oh, yeah. We're still talking about fights. UFC Vegas 37. Uh, and Casey, w- what's yours? Outside of the main event, which fight, fighter, <clears throat> storyline uh, do you got circled? Uh, that you're looking forward to seeing tomorrow. I'm super excited when um, Ar- uh, Armin Zarukian gets to fight. Uh, he, I, he's just... He's just one of the best light heavyweight prospects right now in the UFC. And this is a bit of a showcase fight. I think he's, uh, what, he's like, uh, he's like, I think a minus 800 coming into this fight again uh, against Christian, how do you say his name? Chagos? Christos Chagos. Yeah. He's, uh, I think that's how I saw he was a minus 800 favorite, which I think is uh, correct. So I'm I'm, I'm just excited. I I love showcase fights. I love showcase fights. So this this should be a good one for Zerukian. Um, I don't I don't know anything about uh, Mandy Baum. I know she's fighting um, Queen of Violence Lipsky, so I'm I, so I just don't know anything about her. I'm I'm excited to see the improvements of uh, Miss Penny Kinzad. She has a big fight against Raquel Pennington. Uh, I think um, a few years ago, uh, Miss Sarah Coffin beat the crap out of her. And uh, but you know, fighters improve. You know, they, she improved. Kinzad. Kinz- Penny is a much better fighter, I think, now than when um, we saw her in Invicta. She actually has improved, and this is going to be a big test for her. Um, this is a bit of a prospect versus vet. I don't, I don't even want to call Penny still a prospect, but her versus Raquel Pennington is, I think, is a an important fight for the bantamweight division. Um, uh, bantamweight division that's severely lacking new names, especially at the top in the top five. So if Penny can get a very convincing win against Raquel Pennington. Um, who knows if uh, Penny could be, you know, one, two wins away from a eventual title shot, which would be an incredible turnaround for her career, I think. But um, obviously, um, Raquel is going to be a tough out, uh, man, tough out for her. And um, I'm excited about the uh, UFC debut of Invicta veteran Aaron Blanchfield. I think he's only like 22 or something. And um, so young, yeah. super young, but a uh, lot of potential. So we'll see where she's at. So a lot, lot it's a fight night card, so a lot of good prospects, prospects versus vets. So I like it. Uh, by the yeah, way, one of the, people, one of the people on the show has beaten uh, Penny Kian in a fight. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to say who. Uh, listeners, for the, this is a list, uh, listeners, if you can guess which uh, which of the uh, commentators on today's show have beaten well, Penny Kian. Well, I already mentioned it earlier. He already said that. I already said it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I totally missed that. <laughs> Wait, what did you mention it like just now or earlier? Earlier. Like just like Probably two like seconds ago when I was like, talking about like, the like just like okay, we'll, forty five we'll seconds ago. We'll stop watching the okay, face we'll just, off, AK. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry, I missed. I had to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is, is it Sarah Kaufman? Let me. Take it. <laughs> you know what? It is Sarah Kaufman. Yeah, it is. You, you got it. We did it. Nate, you know what? Yeah. Hand out. You got there. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Nate Manus versus Tony Gravely is going to be an awesome fight. What a great fight. What a great matchup. Uh, that's not what I'm looking forward to the most. And to me, I've been saying this since before he was even on the contender series. And I still believe these words three plus years later. I think Montel Jackson is going to fight for a UFC title one day. He has such natural ability, the athleticism, the explosion. And this guy is like maybe 50% of the fighter that he's actually going to be. He's still a little raw, still a little green. So he's only going to get better. And what we've seen is far and away far from the finished product and he was supposed to fight Dana Batgirl I think on this card now he gets JP Bays who is as game as they come no doubt about it but he's taking this fight on short notice he's going up to 135 to do so and Jackson is the second biggest favorite on the card and rightfully so I think this could be a showcase fight for Montel Jackson I'd like to see him get through this fight get another step up 
I don't know if like a Brett Johns level is the right way, but I definitely would like to see him get somebody close to the top 25 after this fight. I, I always have Montel circled on my card. Props to JP Bays for taking this fight because, man, what a tough second fight to have with that guy. Montel Jackson is an absolute monster. So, Sarah, your thoughts. What fight, fighter, storyline sticks out to you heading into tomorrow's UFC event outside of the main event itself? I feel like Casey pretty much said what I wanted to say and mentioned all the people that I wanted to talk about. Um, so I actually just left up um, Man- Mandy Bohm. Is that how you say her name, Mandy Bohm? Bomb, Bohm, Bomb or Bohm. Bomb, I feel like that fight with uh, Lipsky is kind of like when Joanne fought Lipsky. Lipsky came in at the time like a pretty hot prospect. Um, uh, Bohm, Bomb, Bohm. Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. uh, Mandy. (laughs) she's undefeated. I actually watched a couple of her fights earlier today. Like she has a really nice long jab, um, Mm -hmm. great stand up, great range, um, and ability to keep the range. Um, I think this may be a really hard fight for Lipsky. Um, but if Lipsky can come out, um, and put something together, you know, I haven't seen that much of Mandy, but given Ariane's last fights, um, two losses in a row, ground and pound, I feel like, uh, this is kind of like a make-or-break fight for Lipsky at this point. And coming into the UFC, I think that Mandy's going to be really sharp. Um, it'll be interesting to see the level of competition. Like, she hasn't faced that that high as, as Ariane has. So, Ariane. Yeah, that's her name. Oh, what <laughs> am I even saying? Names are confusing. Um, but I do think that Lipsky, uh, if she loses this fight, might be her kind of, you know, send off uh and that this might be a great opportunity for mandy to come in and, and make a name for herself so we'll see how that goes uh of course i'm always invested in the 135 fights um every time i hope that someone is unable to make a fight so that i can take the fight uh but <laughs> since this fight's going on they've both made weight it's, it's happening uh i think that panny i just realized she's on a four fight winning streak she's yeah. kind of kind of under the radar has made a, quite a big move up in, in the division, especially coming in on the Ultimate Fighter. She lost, she got released, or, or didn't get signed after fighting Macy. Uh, had a fight outside the UFC, took the fight on short notice uh, when she came back, uh, and lost to Avila, but it got her in the door again, and now she's had four wins against some really good opponents. This is the next step up for her. I think she might struggle with uh, Pennington's size uh, and ability to hold the distance, hold that strength, uh, and kind of, I, I see this kind of being a clinch fight uh, against the cage. If Panny gets taken down, her ground has improved a lot. Um, I'd like to see her get the win because it's, again, a fresh name coming into that top five. Uh, maybe one more fight, and then you give her a title shot, and, and that would be really fun. I mean, I always like people that I've fought and that I beat to do really well because it just makes me look better. Um, so, so I'm really happy for her. I like Panny a lot. Um, I like that she does interviews with no teeth in her mouth, and I find it hilarious. Uh, so, so I hope that Panny wins this, but I could see it being a really tough fight for her. But that's probably the fight that I'm most excited about. If Panny wins this, honestly, I, I don't know if we have like a most improved fighter of the year or whatever, but Panny might be that fighter. I mean, I, I honestly, when she, when she came in and lost to Avila, I thought she was done in the UFC. I thought we wouldn't see anymore. And I'm looking at my, my topology picks. Against Betchko Heya, uh, Sarge Eubanks, and Alexis Davis. I picked against Panny every fight. I thought Alexis Davis was going to roll right through Panny. And then Panny won that. So I don't know if that's an indictment of Alexis Davis, just maybe not being the same fighter she 
she used to be, or is Panty just just that much improving? So, um, yeah, like uh, everything, everything everything that Sarah said, if Panty looks good tomorrow night, who knows? You know, she might, might have a new title contender, you know? Sarah, Sarah, did you know that you beat Panny Kianzad in January twenty? Did we? Did you? Did you mention that? Did you? Guys, did you know? That, did you guys mention this? It I'm might sorry. have been mentioned. Although might, I will I, say that when I fought Panny, and I like still think of it, I landed like a few like upwards leading elbows, and it was like a shining moment in my career because it is incredible to land an elbow directly upwards into someone's face. Uh, <laughs> And, and I've been thinking about that. I've been coaching a lot of elbows lately, and I brought up and I showed a clip from this fight. Uh, and so I'm really happy that she's doing well, but also that I got to elbow her in the face, and we can still be friends after. Wait, wait, you did an up elbow? Like, what was the elbow you did? Yeah, like, like she jabbed, like, bam, right through the middle. Oh, you lead, oh. You lead elbow. Oh, nice. Oh. oh, lead elbow. It's just... They're good. Oh, it's fun uh, stuff. Mike, Casey, just for the record, if you guys ever do that to me, we will not be friends after. So we would not have the same kind of respect that these fighters have. That's that's a friendship ender if you guys do that to me. So, hey, the elbow it, it felt good. It, it, it will feel good. So you know, no, no, well, for one person, it, it, it does for one person. <laughs> do it to like Jet or something. Yeah, don't I mean, do it to it, anybody. <laughs> Mister, no fun over here. Jeez, <laughs> don't don't hit people in the face. Don't try to split their skull open with your elbow. Oh. By the way, Casey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but after Jed's win over Jose on BTL, he called you out. Let me think about that. Let me think about that. <laughs> oh, oh, it might be a, a verbal, not. a verbal upwards elbow coming Jed's way. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the stream looks like. I don't even know if we have a stream right now. But it's kind of been going. I've, I've, it's kind of been going on and off, so people have stuck with it. Uh, it hasn't been great, but it I've, says I've been. Other people are watching. Yeah, yeah. So I've been telling people just, you know, sorry about the difficulties and look look for the, uh, you know, the video, the full. Yeah, we'll, we'll upload the whole thing in a sec. But anyone sticking with it? Thank you, guys. Some people are still yes. in here. So. And leave your questions because after we talk about Bellator, we will answer some of them. Oh, but yeah. uh, there we let's. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's go to San Jose, Bellator's home base. Promotion returns to the SAP Center. Phil Davis versus Yo Romero in the main event, Bellator 266 and AK. Phil Davis is a tough out for anybody. And from a stylistic perspective, he's the kind of fighter that can take a fighter's strengths and just kind of flip them on their ears. And he has that grinding style. But he did show in the Vadim Nemkov fight in April that he's got a little explosiveness. He could be exciting when he needs to be. So, so let me ask you this. Romero's debut is something that fans have been looking forward to ever since he signed with Bellator. He was supposed to fight Rumble Johnson in the first round of the Grand Prix before the eye issue. Everyone was looking forward to that fight. So after all that went down, the Grand Prix's underway. Neither guy's in it right now. Was this the right fight to make for Romero's Bellator debut, or would you have gone a different route? I mean, I'm not a fan of it at all. I think I'm like a lot of people. I thought, uh, like, stylistically, this could be an ugly clash on paper. Um, as far as like high level stuff, I, I mean, I, I like that. I like, I like that at least they're saying, hey, look, we think Yoel Romero, even though he has, you know, he's moving uh, back up to 205. He hasn't fought 205 in a long, 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 long time. Obviously, his his stardom was made at, at middleweight. Uh, that they think he is immediately, you know, one of their top five light heavyweights. That's why they signed him. Um, so were there better options again from a possible like style and entertainment standpoint? Certainly. But this is, I do like the message this sends that, look, we are not just... Uh, yes, we understand you might have wanted us to put him in there with someone that like it's more likely he can get an explosive knockout against or look good against. Like this isn't a showcase fight, um, which, which Casey had mentioned earlier. This is not one of those. Mm-hmm. But it could be a showcase fight for both guys if it's competitive. You, you mentioned the Nemkov fight. I thought that was one of the one of the best light heavyweight fights um, I'd seen in a while. It was just so every dimension of it like you see how experienced both guys are, how skilled they were. Um, I really don't think people talk about that fight enough. It was just such an enjoyable, technical, fun fight to watch. Um, so yes, technical and fun. I know some people don't think those can go together. And I think we, I'm not saying we'll see that with Romero and Davis. Like I think people know Romero's style. It can be a bit, um, uh, you know, you got to wait and see, uh, wait to counter, you know, it, it, it's not going to be necessarily a back and forth, uh, bang over brawl. Um, but he can do that with Paulo Casa. That was an exciting one. So I'm, so I'm leaning optimistically as to this being, um, a better matchup than maybe most of us thought it would be from an entertainment standpoint. Um, so I'll, I'll give, I'll tip my hat to the matchmakers here. Maybe, maybe we didn't see the, uh, the how you know, the genius behind it before, but I, I actually look kind of like it now. Are you tipping your hat to the matchmakers here, Casey, or are you keeping your hat fully planted on your head? No moving of the hat at all. <laughs> well, I mean, the the entertainment version, the entertainment portion of me who just wants, you know, bloody violence, you know, elbows, 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 violence, you know, no, uh, no tipping in the hat. You know, Phil Davis is not that type of guy. But in terms of just pure sport, this is an awesome fight. It's just an awesome fight. I think I think Phil Davis is, without a doubt, to me, the most underrated fighter 
maybe in, in at least a two or five. He's to me, he's a top. I think I think at least in our in our worldwide rankings, I'm I'm pretty sure I have Phil Davis ranked higher than anyone else among, amongst uh, uh, the uh, the uh, journalists who who submit. But um, like Phil Davis, who's he lose to? He, he's lost he's lost two close fights, two very close fights to Ryan Bader, and he got beat up by Anthony Johnson. Uh, and, and a prime Rashad Evans back in 20, 2012. You know, so he doesn't lose fights. He doesn't make mistakes in fights. He's so freaking good. So this fight could potentially be an absolute horrible fight entertainment-wise to watch, uh, especially with how Yoel Romero which can just, he'll just kind of shell up and just wait to explode. And Phil Davis just doesn't make mistakes. So Romero needs his opponent to open up, I, I feel. Um, and I don't think Phil Davis will ever do that. Now, how will Phil Davis actually win? Will he take Romero down? Will he hold him on the ground? I don't. I actually don't know how Phil Davis... I'm picking Phil Davis to win, but I don't know how he'll win. But um, this, it's a weird fight. It's a weird fight. I like it, but I also hate it. But I get why it was made. Um, but what was the better option? Who do you, who do you think, or if, if you're against this matchup, who should have Romero fought? Or should have been a, a showcase fight as a co-main event? I don't know. I, don't I, know. Want, I mean, I, we want to kind of, you know, people are kind of poo-pooing the matchup, but what, I don't know. I mean, he was fighting Anthony Johnson before. So, I mean, I mean, that was the original matchup. So I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I mean, he got a, he got a, maybe an easier opponent. I'm not sure. Is this a better, I don't Mel, know. <laughs> Melvin Manhoof? Yeah, you know what? Corey Anderson got that. Oh, he 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 fought Machida, right? Yeah, oh, he yeah, he think he fought Machida in UFC at eighty five. Yagshi Muradov. Yeah, that's that would have been an interesting one. (laughs) The wild card of the the light heavyweight division. All I got here. So here are the uh, the betting lines as of right now. Uh, Phil Davis, a slight favorite at minus one twenty five, plus one hundred five. The comeback on Yoel Romero. Sarah, let me ask you this: as, as a professional fighter yourself. With, with Phil Davis, win or lose, he has sort of cemented his place in this division. He just fought for the title. He's been the champion. He still has a name. He'll still find himself headlining cards for Bellator until his career is over. He's in a pretty good spot right now. He's probably quite the ways away. He may not ever fight for the title again. For Romero, he's making his debut. He's lost three in a row coming over from the UFC. All of those fights have been debated decisions that have gone against him, most notably the second Robert Whitaker fight. Every fight is pressure. Every fight is a must win in the eyes of the fighter. But is this like the prototypical must win for Yoel Romero, much more so than Phil Davis here? A hundred percent. At this point for Yoel, I mean, there's talk like, do we even know how old he actually is? I mean, he has had... <laughs> So many fights. He's had so much experience, you know, competing prior to MMA uh, in the Olympics. Like, he's just he's just been around in martial arts for so long. I think at this point, I agree with Casey that he's not really going to open up. He doesn't have the gas tank he once had. Uh, so I think that he tends to now stay back, wait for something to happen, wait for them to come in, hopefully hit them really hard. They fall down, fight's over. But I don't think we're going to see a, a super fast pace. And I agree, Phil Davis is going to be very careful. Uh, how this works out for Yule, maybe he doesn't get finished. But if he doesn't have a win here, what's he doing? Like, I guess maybe he's showing up for a paycheck at this point. But as a fighter, I think you should only be fighting if you 
think you can be the best and want to be the best. Um, I guess for other people, it's like you're getting paid enough that it makes sense to continue fighting, but there has to be a trade-off for that. Um, the, the amount of work you're putting in, the damage you're taking in a fight, in training camp, this is a must-win for Yoel. Uh, and, and I don't know that he's going to get that. So do we see him continue to fight after? Does he just retire? That I don't know. Um, if it was me, I would probably take it as this is probably my retirement. Um, but maybe he'd want to have another fight or two, get paid for it, hopefully go out on a win. Um, but really in terms of making waves and doing anything further in the sport, he needs this to be a win. Um, otherwise, th this is kind of like th the hill that he's sliding down on. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a must-win for Romero. I'm sure Bellator invested uh, quite a bit of dollars in him. I mean, the man is a super athlete. He's 44 years old. Did you see him at the weigh-ins today? Good grief. Guy is gigantic. And he makes an immediate impact with a win here. Immediate. Oh. A win does way more for Romero than it does for Phil Davis. Not even close. Definitely. Way more. And, see, and, and that's what – that's why I kind of – I'm the more the way you just said it about how uh, – the Bellator is really invested in Yoel Romero. That's why I kind of question this this matchup because I don't think the I don't think I don't think the casuals really understand how how difficult it is to beat Phil Davis, and that's the problem. I just think they just don't know. People don't know how hard it is to beat Phil Davis, and I think we're, I think the UF I think I think a Bellator can got the kind of same bang for its buck if they were just put a a random 205er in there um so i just think this is very dangerous matchmaking obviously if if romero can you know finish phil davis which no one's ever done no one's even come close to finishing phil davis to be honest i don't i don't think he's really even been like even close to having a 10-8 round a uh, 8-10 round rather um so just super risky matchmaking for uh bellator and look either way if Vadim Nemkov beats Anthony Johnson next month, which odds are he has a very good chance of doing. You still get the Romero-Johnson fight right there whenever you need it. Just pick it up, put it in, you're good. So that's why, that's why I, don't think there, I don't necessarily think this is a must win for Romero. Like you said right there, I mean, if Anthony Johnson loses, they'll still do Johnson-Romero. So that's all. But that's it, though. That's kind of where it ends. I mean, you well, can if he, just throw him in there with anybody's uh, just kind of a, a highlight guy. Yo Romero versus whoever, people are going to watch. But in terms of getting to the title and getting these, like, massive, massive fights, this he's got to win this one. I think – I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand uh, from, from a practical and from a common sense and a logical standpoint, he needs this to stay a contender. But from an MMA – is MMA standpoint, I could see him, like, losing and, like, somehow getting a title shot anyway. If he, he loses, like a decision, right? It's MMA, right? It's he loses a five round decision. Phil Davis isn't available to compete in like three or four months. You know, he he wants to take some time off, and they're like, "Well, competitive fight, Yoel, you're the guess what? You're the number one contender." Like, I could I could really see that happening, um, and I I could see a lot of people not having a problem with it. <laughs> and also, he loses, and then he jumps Vanderford and fights. Yeah. Musasi for the there you go. title. And, and What's the thing? Yeah, I was gonna say this. Also, remember this is at two oh five. Mm -hmm. um, I think I 
I'm pretty sure Romero's last fight at 205 was was against his lone strike force fight when he fought uh, Javier Cavalcante, Feijao, and he got knocked out. Which mm-hmm. is, is that, I mean, that was Feijao kind of at his height too, well near his mm-hmm. height um, as far as a fighter. So it wasn't a, a bad loss, but he still he still hasn't he's still never beaten a name opponent at 205. So even if he does lose. We do still have 185. And have we ever had Musashi Romero happen? Is that is that fight happened yet? Was that a no, UFC fight ever? I don't. I don't that think does not so. happen. So yeah, maybe if if Romero loses, we could see Vanderford Romero, and then that That'd winner. So unfair. So unfair to Vanderford. Yeah, Vanderford. Vanderford's got the title shot. Right oh, now. Vanderford! It, it, right now. Right now. <laughs> well. They, I would think Romero needs a win at 85 to fight Musasi. I would think, but who does? Yeah, yeah, does yeah. You know what? You're right. F it. <laughs> so um, yeah. Either way. Um, so you're picking uh, Davis, Casey. Okay. Uh, yes, picking Davis in a lackluster but dominant uh, three round decision. Sarah. Uh, also Davis. Also decision. We might just fall asleep watching it, but I think he wins. AK, why are you picking Romero? Chaos. Romero, fifth round. Fifth round knockout. Is it a five-round fight? No, it is not. I would, it is not? <laughs> Good job, AK. Casey just said three rounds, so. It is three rounds. The first three rounds will be so close that they will they will announce that there will be two extra rounds to determine the real winner, <laughs> and then Romero will get third round knockout for you well, Romero. All hey, right. do you know Sarah Coffin fought Pandy Kinzad? I think I would have heard about okay, that. Okay, I'm just saying. If Sorry. that were a thing. By the way, I, I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, Bellator, one of the few, maybe the only major promotion that has not been blessed uh, by the talents of Sarah Kaufman. So, well, if they'd put a 35 division in, come on, folks. That was, yeah. 25, yeah. too small. 45, too big. 35, where it's at. Perfect. Have you fought at 45, Sarah? I know you fought at 55 PFL. Have you done 45? Um, or are you I just. 45, oh, like, yeah. on my start of my career. Very early. I did like 45, 45, 40, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, however many 35. 55. <laughs> 55. <laughs> Not to 55. Also, my cauliflower ear doesn't hold my headphones. Yeah, I was gonna say that's. It looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta get the ease. It, it is my hope that these two guys go out there and put on an amazing fight. I feel like that could happen if the stars align. I know Phil has that reputation that we talked about earlier. He's fine with that reputation. I just spoke with him a couple weeks ago. It is what it is. Ramirez is so explosive, but as we saw in the Adesanya fight. He feeds off of mistakes, and he feeds off of fighters who are willing to play his game. Phil Davis has been up and down the block a few times, as Casey and Sarah have alluded to. This, to me, has potential Romero-Weidman vibes written all over it, where I can see Davis Mm. taking control, slowing Romero down, possibly winning the first two rounds with the grinding style, only to have Romero capitalize on Davis, sort of having a false sense of security and landing an explosive knockout. But I just think Davis is is too seasoned for that. Again, not in my eyes, not a ton at stake for him. He's playing with house money in my view. So with that said, I think you all will have his moments, but I think Davis will win a decision tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, I don't know what this fight's going to look like. I'm more leaning on the side of fans being somewhat disappointed in the actual action of the fight, but 
from like an MMA stylistic technique standpoint, it's going to be an interesting fight. Chess match galore. I'm excited for it. Hey, we were all poo-pooing Nimkov, Phil Davis, and that was a great fight. So, mm-hmm. a really good fight. Yeah, I think I think the problem. I think when Phil Davis has bad fights, entertainment wise, they're very bad. So <laughs> I think we just remember those. Even though Phil Davis, I mean, he has he has some big finishes, you know, and and Bellator and, and UFC. We just kind of forget about those because all we just have that memory of these. Just the, uh, I think I think we just I, th- I feel like the Ryan Bader fight's still going right now. All right, so that is the main event. Uh, rest of the main card for Bellator, Neiman Gracie is back, taking on Mark Leminger. That is the co-main event. Uh, Alejandra Lara is back, taking on Deanna Bennett, who missed weight today. Uh, Saul Again? Rogers is back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like three pounds, uh, I think. Uh, Georgie Karkanian taking on Saul Rogers. That's a fun fight. And then the main card will open up with Ben Parrish taking on John Jones' protege, Christian Edwards, oh. who has a lot of potential at five and all, this dude is an explosive, explosive individual. So a lot of uh, a lot of debut fighters, a lot of fighters who are like one and oh, oh and two. So the prelims, some fresh meat, so to speak, and then we uh, the experience level gets a little bit bitter, bigger and bigger and better uh, on the way up the main card. So, uh, AK, any other Bellator fight stand out to you that you're just like, oh, forget the UFC, I'm watching that fight. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. We have a Gracie popping up. We have uh, Holland. Holland Gracie will be on the prelims. I think this is his his Bellator debut. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he's he's not his pro debut. I believe it's his Bellator. Dude, debut. he hasn't yeah. he hasn't fought in 14 years. Yeah. Well, so young gun. He's only 34. Okay, so interesting. So apparently, he tried the MMA thing some time ago, and uh, I guess it didn't work out. And you know, you can always you can always go home again, as it were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very excited, of course. Alejandro Lara and uh, Deanna Bennett. It's a shame that Bennett did miss weight and by such a such a pretty wide amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, putting that aside for now, really nice competitive fight. Uh, I think Lara, I still see Lara as someone who can be like. I know she's had her shot at the flyweight title. Um, she's. I think she's still developing. I think there's someone who could be a future champion. This is someone who, like, I, uh, she's had her shots. She's been pushed pretty hard by Bellator already. But I think she sticks with it. Um, she has the kind of, like, skill set and the kind of potential to make it. And certainly the charisma that Bellator would want uh, in, in a champion as someone that they would want to push to the top. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that fight. And Deanna Bennett's always fun to watch. So, again, it's a shame she missed weight. But that's that's definitely the um, the other standout fight on the main card. Sarah, what, what's what's got your eye on this Bellator card? I mean, again, I, I actually don't know a lot of these names, especially on like the lower half of the card, but I really enjoy watching Lara fight. Um, I'm always, of course, drawn towards watching the females fight. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm invested in it, even if it's not my weight class. Um, I thoroughly enjoy Lara. I think that she's pretty smooth to watch. You can see that she's improving. She's growing. Um, she's still changing as a fighter. Bennett, while she's fun to watch, I mean, she's missed weight quite a few times for for different fights and I feel like I've always seen her struggling making weight and like not really finding a weight class that seems appropriate for her she's not that big but now that she can you know she's missing for 25 I'm surprised by that so um I I don't really know you know what goes on in her camp and behind the scenes uh but I do think that that this fight potentially could be a tough fight for her Casey you got a uh a wild card Bellator fight uh, I agree with the Canadians. Um, Lara, 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 Lara. She's uh, a joy to watch. Um, and uh, she just has this charisma. She's improving. Um, she's had some losses, but she, you know, she's lost to very good fighters. She doesn't know. So um, I just, 
I kind of just like Deanna Bennett. Like as much as I I want to watch her fight, she's had some kind of stinker fights. Um, she's a very nice person, a great personality, but it doesn't really kind of come off in her actual fights. So um, I'm just hoping this is going to be an exciting fight, uh, a fight that both these ladies get to show off their whole skill sets. But um, I think this is um, Lara's time to really shine. And um, yeah, uh, just, I, I like I like Lara. She's, uh, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, Karkani and Rogers should be fun. Rogers, one of the more interesting stories in MMA. Uh, I'll, I'll throw some... I'll throw a little spotlight on Mark Leminger. Interesting yeah, guy. I forgot about uh, Pretty right. soft-spoken. Uh, Bellator seems to like him. They just re-signed him to, to a new deal. Uh, he beat the brakes out of Demarcus Johnson in his last fight, or Demarcus Jackson. Uh, but the two prior fights that he had were to the champion, Yaroslav Amosov, and then he fought Jaleel Willis, who are two very tough outs uh, at this stage in their careers, especially Yamasov, who's now the champion. Uh they're giving him Neiman Gracie, so clearly Bellator wants to do something with him, but it's up to him to to get over that hump. And if he can beat Neiman Gracie, he's got a good chance to do that at 170 pounds. So that should be an interesting fight because uh, Leminger's very good, a very good wrestler. He's good on the ground, but Neiman Gracie, that's his world. So can Leminger sit there and use a striking to his advantage? Can Gracie do what he needs to do? That is a that is an interesting fight as well. So, but to be clear, for the return home. Good main event. It's not the best offering Bellator could have put together here. It just isn't. No, just this not. is this is uh, this this. I, I was kind of surprised when I found out this was in San Jose. I I, I figure if you're going to you're going back to San Jose, it's going to be a crowd. They're going to, I don't know, you know, put some names on there. Uh, but it's an it's an okay card. Um, I think top to bottom, UFC is clearly a better card. But uh, this, there's definitely fights to watch on the Bellator card for sure. And, but, and and I think the Bellator card, because like we said, there's sort of a lot of less experienced fighters. It's uh, built like an old the, Bellator card where like the prelims are very regional, you know. And I think you're gonna that means you're gonna see some finishes. I think you're gonna see a lot of finishes. Um, I know people sort of equate that with like, oh, what makes an exciting card is finishes, which I don't always agree with. But when you have one and one guys facing you know O and one guys and O and O facing O and O, you're usually gonna see some sort of wackiness and uh that that might be good for the live crowd so the live crowd will certainly be happy i'm not sure how how the interest will be from people like tuning in you know online or on TV. but live i'll be happy there'll be some wacky finishes and then the main card will be entertaining enough so you know, I, i'm looking at this whole thing with, with uh, rose colored glasses as you should ak you are the prince of positivity after you all, always so. do ak mm. yeah no well you yeah, know uh, so uh, again, for, for those who, who are watching this after the fact, which is all of you now, uh, who tried to watch us on the stream earlier, apologies for the technical difficulties, Casey, the man, the myth, the legend got it all put up and taken care of. It's on the podcast network too, as well. Uh, anything else you want to discuss, Casey, you want to, you want to lead us in, get ready to lead us out of here. Why is that Canadian not fighting in the ultimate fighting championship? She is a premier 135-pound fighter. The UFC is desperate for 135-pound contenders. She has not fought Amanda Nunes. She has not fought Irene Aldana. There's all the names at the top of the list in the, in the UFC that she has not fought. They need strong, quality opponents like Sarah Kaufman. I don't get it. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're scared. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I think, listen. Then, I, then uh, Arena Donna, she just lost her opponent, right? She was supposed to fight GDR. GDR had pull up energy, 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 energy. Yeah, she had pull up an injury. <laughs> pull up. 
serious pullout energy. Yeah, <laughs> pullout energy. And um, I mean, come on. Like when Ronda Rousey was in the bantamweight division, like it was like, man, like UFC was all about it. As soon as she left, it's like, yeah, I get, I get Amanda Nunes is on a great role. She's a goat, yada, yada, yada. But the UFC hasn't built up that, built up that um, weight class. And you have a woman right here who will be a great opponent for any of those women at the top. Yeah, I feel, listen, like, it, listen, uh, I feel like the 35 has been like ahead, somewhat of a, like an incestual – they keep like the top names, keep fighting each other. And like, okay, mm-hmm. what matchup hasn't like number two fought in the top five versus bringing in those other talents? And so those names haven't really changed. Like the fact that Misha's back, I mean, for one – I'm into that fight if we could ever make that. Fight oh yeah, wait, oh yeah. Wait, who beat who beat Misha Tate here? Who beat Misha Tate on this panel? I'm trying to me. Right, we'll I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like the fact that Misha's coming back in and the same the names at the top are almost exactly the same isn't mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, I mean, I I know Holly like we're friends and we're talking all the time and she can't get anyone to fight her like. All the top names, they just say no. And like that's the same thing that I've had. Um, when I was fighting in the UFC, since I've been out of the UFC, the issue is always opponents. It's always opponents. Like People are not willing to fight Sarah Kaufman. Um, at one point, I signed with, with the management team that worked with Misha, and they had killed that fight. They said, you know what? We're not interested in that fight. Don't ask for it. We're not doing it. Um, and then when I worked with them later, they're like, yeah, we didn't want that fight. Um I don't know. People don't want tough fights, I guess. But here I am, ready to go. I've been on weight for a year, trying to take any fight that's possible, that's imaginable. I have multiple promotions outside of the UFC because, you know, UFC, their big thing, they want you coming off of a win. It is impossible for me to get a win because I have zero people who will say yes to fighting me. Um, We have literally contacted every female pretty much on the planet who fights at 35. That's not currently signed. Um, if I'm wrong, then hit me up and we'll make this fight happen. Um, I'm now at the point where, uh, Iridium, I'm working with Lance Spod, and he's now talking with promotions and trying to have an opponent because all these promotions, they want me, but the issue is always finding someone. So if you are willing to fight, let's make it happen. Let's get me back to the UFC. I need a win. Um, I'll fight anybody. But I want to be the best. I know I can be the best. Amanda Nunes, currently my weight class, currently the best. I've been pushing for that fight. It was supposed to happen back in 2014. We signed a contract for five days. You know, things happened. She got injured. I fought Leslie Smith. And then things, pathways derailed. I had a car accident, which kind of put me on the sidelines. She's now the title holder. Let's make that storyline happen. But I want to fight those top five girls. Let's make it go. Wait, when Leslie, when you fought Leslie in the UFC, that was originally supposed to be Amanda Nunes? Uh, it was originally supposed to be Shayna Baszler. So Shayna okay. got hurt. Um, Amanda, I don't remember who she was supposed to be fighting, but she was supposed to be fighting someone else, I think down in Florida. Mm-hmm. They matched us up together. I said, okay, sure. They just sent me a contract, signed it, and then five days later, I think she broke her thumb maybe mm-hmm. um, or hurt her thumb. So then she was out, and then I fought Leslie Smith. Um, and, and then from there, Amanda fought Kat Zingano. Uh, Which she lost. 
which she lost. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then went on after that. So it's been, it's been a journey watching other people uh, and saying like, where's Sarah Kaufman in this mix? I'm right here. Let's make it go. Let me, let me ask you a weird question that I shouldn't even be asking, but it's something that I think other people are thinking right now and it's just so silly, but it is a pathway in. Would you take a contender series fight? It makes no sense for you to fight on the contender series, but we've seen UFC vets fight on the contender series to earn their way back. Would you ever take a contender series fight? I will take any fight. This is the thing. Um, at this point, oh my goodness, these ears. At this point, um, I, I literally will not be saying no to a fight at 35. Um, you know, 55 is just too big. I loved fighting for the PFL. They were fantastic. Uh, if they did a 35 division, if they could make one happen, I would love to be involved in that because, again, they were a really great promotion uh, to fight for, and, and I like the format. However, they don't have that. So uh, at this point, 35, I will take any opportunity that I can, knowing that I just need a win to be able to fight the best girls in the world. Uh, and seemingly this is where – you know, the, the issue is right now. So I don't think that fighting someone who's not a high caliber um, is necessary for me to prove that I can fight these girls that I've proven that I can fight before. However, I understand this is the game. So if I need to fight someone, and at this point, it could be anybody. It could be someone with a terrible record. But if I get a win, then I have that opportunity potentially to to fight these big names. So contender series, Sure. Uh, a card in the backyard? Sure, I guess. Uh, but really, UFC, uh, Amanda Nunes is, is where my bar is at uh, and where it needs to be. Come on, regional promotions. LFA, CFFC, yeah. Cage Titans, CES. Come on now. Reading yeah, thing. Look, I think it's – obviously, I think it's great that you're open to contender series. Like I said, I, I think – I think for us, it would seem absurd if you had to go that route. Um, but I understand why you're saying you just want that path back to the UFC. Any fight at 135 is, you know, is the way to go. Uh, I don't know if you know this, sir. We have started our own MMA fighting rankings recently. Uh, now, you, now you are I not currently. You, sorry to interrupt. I thought you were going to say your own MMA promotion. I was just saying. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. It's funny you mentioned Ender? backyard. It's funny you mentioned backyard because I have a wide backyard. Uh, we're, we're working on getting a – we're building – you know, we're getting posts up and barbed wire around it. No, no. Uh, no, we have MMAfighting.com. We call them the global ranking. So, like, you know, we're trying to expand beyond the UFC. Obviously, there's a lot of UFC fighters in it, the majority. But uh, – and and you would you would be in it uh, except for we have, I think, an 18-month 18 18 uh, activity period, yeah. which obviously is not your fault. I will say – but, guys, let's be honest here. It would be absurd if Sarah was on the Contender Series because I don't think it's – I, I mean, I know we agree on the show. We might be biased, but the rankings are not biased. The rankings are made by math, and math does not lie. And I tell you right now, if we included Sarah in the voting, Sarah would be a top ten easily, easily in the top ten bantamweight rankings. I'll, I'll just like, and this is, I'm going to say some names here. And there's no disrespect to any of these women; they're all great fighters. But I mean, these are like the elite of the elite. Where I think, because uh, so number ten, we have Sarah McMahon. I would put Sarah Kaufman over Sarah McMahon. I would put Sarah over Macy Chasson. I would put Sarah over Ketlin Vieira. Uh, and then we have Raquel Pennington, Yana Kunitskaya at seven and six. I would definitely put her above Yana Kunitskaya. So, and again, I, 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 and it sounds like I'm dissing all these names. These are all great fighters. I just think that Sarah's resume is right up there with a lot of these names. So, so think about this. Like, we could, like, 
she's saying she is open to being a contender series, and she's legitimately a top six at worst bantamweight in the world. That's that's not how this should be. She should be signed right now. She's already she's already said everything that needs to be said. I'm just I'm just adding on to it. That's all. <laughs> Who do we have in the back there? This is this is fun stuff here. Just come in. Hi, bud. Do you think that? Does he think that I should be signed? <laughs> should Should Sarah cough? Should Sarah right there be signed to the UFC? Yeah. Ah, yes. 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 I just need to be fighting, but mm-hmm. I also think prior to you know a few years ago, I had fought a lot of the people in, in the top. So maybe you could say the matchups would be stale. But now, literally, like the top ten in the UFC, I I don't even know if I fought any of them. I'm not. I don't have it up right now. But there's so many fun fights for me. Let's do this. Amanda, Jermaine, Holly Holm, Aldana. These are all great fights. Yes. Why, how, these, it, these fights sell themselves. I don't know. This is ridiculous. But th- thank you, top 10 bantamweight Sarah Kaufman for spending <laughs> yes, time with thank us. You very much. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Casey, on the ones and twos. Thank you, AK, for your uh, incredible insight as always. Thanks, guys. This has been so Any fun. And Thank you. Yeah. my dog didn't bark one time today, oh. so oh, top yes. notch. Well done. <laughs> yes, my dog is not barking either, so that's a good thing. So for AK, for Casey, for Sarah Kaufman, I am Mike Heck. Lots of MMA tomorrow. Join us tomorrow, shall you? See you then. Happy birthday, AK. Happy birthday. Is it your birthday? It well, absolutely is. Birthday. No, it is it not. Is. Happy birthday. Uh, listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.